if you're here this morning and God gives you grace to understand what I'm about to share today, and you decide in your heart to obey and to do it, it changes your life. I guarantee you, it will change your life. I know that. It will change your life. It will change the way you see life. Also, it will go to, if Jesus tarries, it will affect the next generation. It will. It will. Um, I believe, by the grace of God, the reason I'm able, or people say God called you, yes, I know that, but God's called every one of us. The reason I believe God has allowed me and give me, given me the grace to do what I'm doing today is for this one reason. So important. And I believe it's, it's affected my life, my family, my extended family, because of this. And this, many times we read scriptures and we don't take to heart some key principle that we see. This is a serious message and for every one of us. And I pray that God will grant you grace. Whether you're new to Christ or you've been serving him for a long time, some of us that have been serving him for a long time need something to change in our lives because it's now routine. There is nothing going on. You're just going to church. You want something to change? <laughs> Some new excitement? Try this. Try this. Uh, so before I run with the message, would you stand up? <laughs> okay. This is what I want God to do for me today and for you, Okay. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Title of my message. The title. That your fruit should remain. That your fruit should remain. And that, script, that word is drawn from this scripture here. John chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, Jesus said. You think you gave your life to Christ? No, that's partly true. true but see, you can't come to him. Unless you've heard from the Father. That's what Jesus said. Everyone that hears from the Father comes to me. And you, if you haven't come to him, you will hear from the Father today. And you will come to him. And if you don't come to him, that's a dangerous place to be. I pray that someday you will come to him. Because if you don't, Jesus said, it were better you were not born. It were better you were not born at all. You never existed. If you don't make that move towards him, it were better you didn't exist at all. Because what awaits you after this life is not something you want to even imagine. 
But today is a different day. God, we already prayed the prayer. God will give you ears to hear. And when you hear from the Father, you will come to him. Jesus said, for those of us that have come, he said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you and I appointed you. Oh, I ordained you. I thought it was all preachers that were ordained. No, you are also ordained when he called you to himself. God called you. That's why you came to him. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. You don't hear my voice and you won't follow me because you are not my sheep. If you are following him, you are his sheep. He called you and appointed you that you should go. And bear fruit. He appointed you to go. Not sit in church. Go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That your fruit should remain. So most Christians don't even consider about bearing fruit. We're not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is called what? The fruit of the Spirit is not your fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit delivered to you. We're talking about multiplying yourself. When God created Adam, the first word to Adam, be fruitful and multiply. That you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you ask from the Father, He give it to you. You wonder why your prayers are not being answered? No fruit. You haven't duplicated yourself. You don't even think about it. You are in survival mode. No one, no, there is no feeling. For God inside. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, If is any branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, the Father what? Cuts off. We're thinking the fruit of the Spirit. If you have the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is in you. The fruit of the Spirit. That's character. That's not what God's talking about. Be fruitful and multiply. It's not for the church. I don't think for the art fellowship. I think about the kingdom. I am part of the kingdom of God. I want the kingdom to grow. I represent the kingdom here. And this is just a little part of God's kingdom that he's giving to me to walk in to see that the kingdom grows. He wants you to bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Not just go and get them, which most of us don't do, but work hard to make sure the one that you've brought to him stays. That's what it means. That your fruit should remain. When you are doing that, your prayers get answered so quickly. That whatever your prayers, the things you want from God, that they come to you, that whatever you ask, the Father in His name is given to you. Given to you to supply you so that you can keep bringing them in. 
Amen. That's changed my life. You know, I'm going to tell you something. When I was newly saved, back in my country, there was some, something in me. I had to, you have to tell somebody. I had to tell. I mean, nobody told me go witness to them. I, it's not the matter of witnessing. I wanted to say to them what was happening in me. I was a school teacher in high school back in Nigeria. And in class, I told them everything I saw in church. I'll tell them the stories. If God healed, I'll tell them. I remember, you know, I taught chemistry and biology. I remember going into the class, and the, the students, I told, it's one class and then another class. So you walk in and you teach them chem, uh, chemistry, and then you walk into another class and teach the same thing, repeat the same thing. And I'll tell this class my testimony or something that happened to somebody in church, and the, the little break, then the other class is heard about it, and by the time, when I walk in, they say, sir, we don't want you to teach. We want to hear the story. And they say, well, but if I'm caught doing this, it won't be good for me. And they say, no, we don't care. You have to tell us the story you told the other class. And I said, okay. Yeah. If, you guys are, if you guys are careful, just be quiet and really listen to the subject, chemistry, and make sure you get it. No noise, no, be quiet there, I'm teaching. Then, if we have time, I'll tell you the story. They say, yes, sir. And they are watching their classmates. If you say a word, they talk. We want to hear this story. That's the way it was for me. And then I'll tell them the story after class. I had some of these people that actually came to me. Also, so when we, were in, uh, we went to Nigeria with... Uh, uh, Michael, we, we, I met one of those kids. They were young people then. And I left Nigeria coming to the United States because they'll come and those, they won't stay. They follow me, but then after they will go away. And I was saying, God, he's something wrong with me. Why are they not staying? I knew the scripture that I'm telling to you, talking to you now. I knew that scripture. So my thing is, maybe something was wrong with me. That's why I, they follow me to church, and after a few days, after a few months, I don't see them again. They don't want to come. I thought, God, what's wrong with me? Maybe I will multiply my witnessing thing. Now I go back. They're all there. Some of them are preachers. I didn't lose anything. But my heart was in it. And not preaching me to you, but I'm telling you, you need to have a heart for that. You need to have a heart to do whatever it takes. I'll spend nights visiting these kids at night, spending time with them, resources. Finances, helping, so that they can come. They didn't seem to stay, but they stayed now. They are all over. I got one, Joseph, you know, Joseph is, is an engineer. He's in here, he's somewhere down south in uh, Houston. That was one of my students. He's a believer with his wife. Amen. Doug, would you stand up there? Please. 
I'll make you an example, okay? That's right. I see dog. And I thank God for your life. I want God to duplicate what I see in this man's life. Amen. And it's not about you. But dog will use his resources, finances, open his home. That's what I see. That's the way Christianity should be. Are you blessed, dog? Yes. And more's coming, right? And just that's the one I know. But there are many of us here in the church that are doing that. Many of us. But that's what we need to do. I see Buddy. He's trying that also. All of us have to do this. You want your prayer answered? You have to do this. You don't have to preach. I'm not trying to say, let's fill the sanctuary. That's silly. That's not what I'm interested in. It's my Father's kingdom. We walk together in unity to grow our Father's kingdom. And I tell you what, if we are in unity and we want them to, I don't care if they come to church here or not, go somewhere else. Those people I'm talking to you about, they don't come here. Joseph is in town. He doesn't come here. That's not my concern. I pray that he stays up to the end. But if you are called, Jesus ordained you to go and bear fruit. And that your fruit shall remain. The way to bear fruit is to sow. If you don't say anything to anybody, nothing happens. I want somebody to say, this man brought me to the road. We were visiting back home. This, somebody came to me and said to me, you, I am your grandson in the Lord. And I said, who is your father? <laughs> okay. I don't know your father. But it was a joy to my heart to know that the one that I ministered to, that I can't even remember, has also reached out to get somebody and they said that person, my father in the Lord is this man. And then I'm, they hear that I'm coming to preach in Nigeria and this person wants to meet with me. That happened to us in Georgia also. This, uh, he's now a, a, a preacher. But I prayed with him in the restaurant. He's a preacher. When he heard I was coming for a funeral, he wanted to see me. And came to that meeting. Do I have to feel big? Because no. I'm working for my father. He's the least I could do. So that my life is blessed. And then the, that multiplies even to my children. That your fruit should remain. That your fruit shall remain. That whatever you ask the Father, when your fruit is remaining, whatever you ask the Father, He gives to you. He gives to you. He gives to you. This is where Christianity gets excited. Because you become like a father. You know how a father invests in your children? And how when things are hurting them, you feel, that's the way a preacher should feel. Be one. And when you're doing that, his eyes are always on you. Because Jesus came on to the world only for one purpose. To seek the lost. So that they might be saved. You know, the thing is, people come to church and they say, well, we don't want to hear that because we know what you're trying to do. 
goes with giving. It goes with preaching a message like this. You just want, I don't know. It's for the kingdom of God. He died for them. And we need to do what it takes to bring them in. You read the history of the church. There was not one disciple or apostle that died a natural death. Except one, John. They all gave their lives for the kingdom. You couldn't shut them down. They said, we can't but speak. What our eyes have seen and what our ears have seen. You can't stop us. If you want to kill us, we're ready. But we will do that. Where is that spirit today among Christians? Where is that spirit? All we do is bless me and mine and me. Bless my family. Bless. We don't think about the kingdom of God. It's all about me and my blessings. And my new car and my new home. How long are you going to be on earth? How long? With your new home, you vacate it and go somewhere else. And somebody else is going to live in that your new home. There's only one thing that's needful. My fruit before the Lord. If you, if you study the life of Paul... Paul, he gets often to the point of cursing somebody if you get in his way of bringing those that he's brought to the Lord. He says, even if I come and I preach a different message than the ones I preach to you, let me be a curse. Because he wanted these fruits to remain. He wanted his fruit to remain. But even if you don't have a fruit now, if you don't already have a fruit, how can you work for them to remain? We don't think that that's part of Christianity. All this is, let's do praise and worship. Uh-huh. When God called the children of Israel out of Egypt, He didn't say, let my people go so that they can worship me in the wilderness. Is that what He says? Serve me. Serve me. There is a service. People of the Ark Fellowship, there is a service. And God says, I didn't say to Jacob, serve the Lord in vain. When you serve him, he blesses you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But you're already in the kingdom. Why are you seeking the kingdom? No, what he's talking about, that your fruits should remain. Your resources go to bring the fruit in. And your time, that's one of your resources. You, you go with it to bring them in. And if that's not in your mind at all, I wonder. I wonder. We are not into a big church, small church. No, I want souls. People that I can relate to. People that I can talk to. And I can pray with them. They have problems, we pray together. And our Father will hear us and deliver us. That's what this thing is all about. That's the way I understand Christianity. To live, trying to bring people to Him. You know, Jesus said, for us who are believers, most assuredly, that's John chapter 14, beginning from verse 12, He says, most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me. How many believe in him this morning? 
Let me see your hand up. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for them. Hallelujah. He who believes in me, and you are one of those. He says, the works that I do, and works, that's miracles. The works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works he will do. This will he do, because I go to the Father. And then he says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Greater works than these, than what Jesus did, he will do. Because I go to the Father, there's no limits anymore. And then notice how he connects them. You know, a lot of people want to be used of God, right? You ain't see no miracles until you go. I quickly got that, that if I speak to people about Christ, all I have to do is pray for them in his name. And guess what? He does the miracles. All I have to do is share the gospel. And God's going to heal them. Because I'm sharing the gospel. And notice what, how he tied them together. When you go to bear fruit. He says, if you believe in me, so he's saying, you got something to do. Works. If you believe in him, you do works. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Go. I appointed you to go, that you will bear fruit. And whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. When? When you are going and you are exercising the gifts. And it's producing results. You're doing works. Notice, I, saw, I started seeing in scripture, everywhere Jesus went, the multitudes followed. They wanted to be healed. And many of them were healthy. They just wanted to see the signs. And in their heart, they were hoping in a day, maybe this is the Messiah. They were right. He was the Messiah. And he's still here today. And wants to do works through us. If you make yourself available and you decide you're going to do this, he'll walk with you. I finally realized he's not going to disappoint me. When I go out in his name to bear fruit, I can tell the people, bring the sick. When we go overseas to do missions, missions work, crusades, I put out there, bring the blind, bring the deaf, bring the dumb and the lame. We put it out so they can come. And I don't go lose sleep wondering, will God touch them? No. When they come, they get healed. God heals them. Why? I'm bearing fruit. Amen? Next day. We need to bear fruit. That is how you can obtain favor from God. Favor from God. Psalm 102, 
verse 13 and 14. He says, you will arise and have mercy on Zion. Zion means the church. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. So there is a set time for God to favor you and have mercy on you and to have favor upon your life. He says, for or because your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. I wonder, what does this mean? Set time when you show favor to the work of God. When you have pleasure in going now to win souls. For that time, oh my gosh. <laughs> for that time, <laughs> that was in the anointing, okay? <laughs> for that time, they took pleasure in the stones of Jerusalem. And if they were concerned about what was happening in Jerusalem and the doors of the, of the place, God showed them mercy and gave them a lot of favor. For us, it's the same principle. The set time has come for you to be favored, for God to have mercy upon your situation, if you now take pleasure in the things of God, the growth of the kingdom of God, souls getting saved, spending time with people so that they know Christ. I pray this morning that God will put that desire in your heart. One of the things I miss about not working a secular job, I'm not around a lot of unbelievers. First thing I want them to know is I'm a Christian. And if I see a miracle in church, I'm telling them. Not me. Some of the person got healed. They'll listen. They'll argue with me when it comes to doctrine, John 3.16. But they can't argue with me about what some God did for somebody in church. They'll listen. And they, sometimes they say, good for you. I say, yes, you're right. It's good for me. It's good for me. And what God's done in my life, I let them know. And before long, they come into me for, with prayer requests, right? Please pray for me. And before long, I said, would you go to church with me? Amen. And when they come to church, I'm praying, God, pastor, get him. Amen. Speak some word. And all the time, I'm not listening to pastor. I'm looking to the guy if he's really paying attention. Okay? God, uh, pastor, get him. Show him a word. And if he says, I really enjoyed the service, my day has been made. Amen? My day is made. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what Christianity is all about. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. Go therefore. He's talking to all believers. Go therefore 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, this word is very important, verse 20, teaching them to what? Observe. That's what I'm doing this morning. I want you to observe what Jesus said for us to do. It's part of your obedience. It's part of your obedience. God wants to walk through you. You are the light of the world. You don't light a lamp and put it under a bed. That's what Jesus told us. You put it out. That's what he wants you out there sharing with them. Now let me say why this will change your life. You see, it's a double-edged sword. When you begin to share with people about Christ, he begins to refine your life. He knows that they're watching you. Okay? He knows that they're watching you. And they're trying to find fault with your life, right? So that they can call you a hypocrite. And so many of us are afraid to speak. Because if I say it, then they watch me. And if I make a mistake, then they may call me a hypocrite and they don't want to go to church because of me. I knew that, but I could care less. I, I, God will refine you and make you beautiful before their eyes. I'll close with this. The, with this. When I was in a, a junior college, when I came to the United States, I started witnessing to uh, the, uh, people from do- door to door. I like it. You know, if you wonder why I kept the name Good Luck, that's the reason I kept my name Good Luck, because people change their names. Because if I go to their dorm and I knock and I say, my name is Good Luck. (laughs) And they say, huh? Good luck to you. I say, no, I mean it. My name is Good Luck. He goes, how did you get that name? And I say, I'm glad you asked. No, kidding. And then we talk about my name. And then I said, well, but that's not the reason why I came. Okay? But they've talked to me like a friend. Amen? And so now I'm able to talk to them. And sometimes they will talk to me about my name in Africa and lions for a long time. But as soon as I... <laughs> but as soon as I change the topic, he, he all, all of a sudden he remembers he has homework. He's been talking to me for the last 20 minutes. But as soon as I said, Jesus, oh, I, I said, you may, good luck and you come back again. Uh, I have homework to do. I said, thank you. I'm coming back again. <laughs> Amen. But that's the way it was. Sharing the gospel. But I was sharing with these guys. There was a guy named John. Big guy. He was a Christian. <laughs> Backsliding. On campus. I remember going to John's room. He was with his friends. And I started preaching. And when I quote the scripture, John would complete it. And I was like, are you one of us or you are one of them? And I couldn't tell. And then, just to cut the story short, one night, and I was in the dorm, there was a lot of noise in the bathroom. Maybe about two o'clock in the morning. And John, he had talked to some of his friends, Larry and Terry, about this African that's talking to them about God. And then, but they were making so much noise in the bathroom. And I thought, oh my God, these students have started again. These Americans, <laughs> they started again. <laughs> they, they won't let you sleep. 
So I walked in. As soon as they saw me, the three of them ran to me, and they were all talking to me at the same time. And I said, guys, calm down. What's going on? Please. They challenged one another about their faith, and the three of them had gone to the chapel on campus, and they gave their lives to Christ. Amen. Three of them. And so they were shocked that I was the first one to catch them because in their excitement they were still talking about it. And as I showed up, wow, here you are. And they were talking to me so fast, three of them. And I said, hey, guys, calm down so I can understand what's going on. They said, well, I challenge this one. If you really believe in God, why don't you walk? And then we all quiet. And then we gave our lives to Christ. And we're so glad. And then we started talking. And John, the guy's huge, just like Pastor Al. Big guy. And with a lot of muscles, football player. He said, good luck. You know, I used to be really scared of you. I said, huh? This skinny African kid, you scared of him? He said, it seems like every time I'm going up with my six-pack, you're coming down. <laughs> and usually, I have to hide. hide it on the other side. Hide, good luck. And then go up. He said, man, you scared me. So God was speaking to me. They got saved. They went to church with me. It was a great time. I think after, I think Terry or one of them, he saw, went to our website and said, is this the same good luck? <laughs> I said, yes, there's no other good luck in America. <laughs> <You're not kidding. laughs> there's only one good luck, okay, with a strange name, okay. But that's the God we serve. That's what God will serve. I don't know what these guys are doing now. But I have a part in their lives. Amen? And one day I'm going to see them in heaven. I'm going to see them in heaven. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. Let me tell you. When you start telling people, God will be so close. Because he knows that they are watching you. John never saw that I was imperfect. To him, I was the most perfect Christian he's ever seen. And so he hides his booze from me every time he sees me because this godly man is coming. <laughs> I never was afraid that they would catch me doing something wrong. God made sure. Every branch in me that bears fruit, the Father purges. So he bears more fruit. I pray that you hear the words I'm speaking to you this morning and that you will obey. Isaiah Chapter 1, verse 19, it says, If you are willing and obedient, you eat of the good of the land. There is good in this land. Amen? Especially in the United States of America. There is good in the land. Be willing and be obedient. Watch what God will do. He'll never forget you. Neither will He forget your children and their children, children's children. That's the kind of God we serve. Bow your heads with me this morning. I need you guys, every one of us, to make a commitment. You know, I know how, by experience, I know how the Holy Spirit works. Tomorrow you'll be standing near somebody and minding your own business. And all of a sudden, this thought floats through your head. Tell him about what happened in church. Or tell him about something. Tell him about Jesus. Tell him you are a Christian. 
guess who is speaking to you? Your Father in heaven. If you follow through, even though you're scared, when it's over, you will be glad you, you did it. And God will have found a friend, just like Abraham, somebody he can walk through. He starts small. He's going to get stronger until God begins to do great miracles and great signs through your life and many lives are touched. That's my prayer for every one of you this morning, every single person here this morning. That's my prayer, that God will make you a strong minister, not standing behind the pulpit, but you got the bigger pulpit out there and God can use you. And if you stay with them, their lives will be changed. That they will never forget you. That God used you to transform their lives. And then the next generation and the generation after that. That's what Christianity is all about. That's why we've come to Christ today. God is here today. All heads bow. If you haven't come to Christ, God's calling. I pray you've heard his voice this morning. All you have to do is just lift your hand up and say, God, count me in. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of your kingdom. God's enlisting people today to ordain you to be a part of his kingdom. At the count of three, if that's you, just lift your hand up quickly and put it down. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. God saw your hand. Would you pray with me? Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you. I do want to be enlisted. Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.